0: is Havila's podcast and I'm Havila Kennington. If you're listening to this in season, then you know it's fall here in the States. I love fall. I love the weather change. I'm looking outside. I'm sitting in my kitchen at my dining table and I'm looking outside and I see leaves spread out all over and it's just cozy and wintry and I love it. I love fall because of fire pits and flannels and drinking warm coffee, and oh, my heart just leaps. But I also think, on a personal note, I love the fact that I don't have to shave my legs every single <laughs> day, although I'd be lying. It's not every day, but at least every week. And it just feels nice to put on some jeans and not have to think about the color of my legs or anything like that and just enjoy just enjoy being in winter. I was laughing today because this morning I decided I would get up and start my week out really strong. So I went over to hit a spin class. Don't get me, like, don't start thinking I'm amazing because this is a rarity, but I decided to get up really early and go hit a spin class because I have to film today and I film tomorrow and then we leave for Europe on Wednesday, so it's kind of a chaotic moment, and I told my husband I feel like my shoulders are up by my ears. You ever had that where you just feel so stress stressed out? And I keep telling myself, you know, I'm I'm capturing every thought and I'm trying to stay calm. Uh, But we also put our house on the market within one week. We decided we would put an offer on one house and then we had to put our house on the market in order to get the other house. So I was traveling the last two weekends and simultaneously put our house up on the market, had our eldest son turn 12 through a sleepover for them. And then they went and played Airsoft for two hours, actually five hours yesterday. And so my shoulders keep getting higher and higher and higher. And so finally I told Ben, I need to go exercise. I can feel it, I need to burn a good sweat and I need to not just keep getting a good night's sleep. I need to get out there. And so I got up this morning and I snuck out, set my alarm, got up. And of course my dog Bear, who's a 65 pound golden doodle, is ready to go. He's like, let's go do this, let's go out. You're taking me for a walk, I'm in. And so of course I felt so bad for him. I said, well you can just go with me and sit in the car. Of course he can't understand me, but I'm talking to him. So we go outside and I'm starting the car, it's dark outside. And I see him running across the street and then running back to our yard and burying his nose in the lawn, kind of rolling as if something's dead or gross. And I keep saying, bear, come here, bear. And finally, uh, he, I open the back door, throw him in the car, close the door, drive about 10, maybe 20 feet and realize that he wasn't rolling in something. He had been sprayed by a skunk. And immediately my eyes started watering and I went, you've got to be kidding. And then I start coughing and dry heaving because it is so strong. the smell, it's as if it's bare myself and the skunk in this car. And so I, um, I thought, you know what? I could turn around and try to figure this out, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to let anything stop me from this workout because I, I will find any excuse. So I drove all the way there, and halfway through, I hear this sound of water. I'm like, what's going on? Is my car leaking? Or I don't know where that, that sound is coming from. And I look in the back mirror and I see that bear is fully peeing in the back seat of our car. Not the very back but in the very very back where there's kind of a, you know, landing place for groceries and all that. And I am just I'm I literally said out loud, seriously? Seriously? We're going to do this. Skunk Okay. <laughs> so I went in and I went to work out and I told the lady at the front, I said, I'm so sorry. I might smell like skunk. It's been a wild morning. And she goes, yeah, I can smell it. I'm like, oh gosh. <laughs> so I, I I took off my sweatshirt and I just looked at her. I said, I'll come back. She's like, no, no, it's not that bad. Just go in. So if you were at the spin class at 5.15 in the morning and I was the new girl that smelled like skunk, I promise I'm not nose blind. I know exactly what was happening and I'm very sorry and I promise so I won't do it again. So that was my morning. It's been pretty eventful. So all that to say, exercise felt good. And then we have a couple showings today at the house. So of course, I'm running around sweeping and making beds and acting like we don't live in this house, even though we do live in this house. So yeah. You guys, if you've ever experienced this, just nod your head because you know that this is insanity. And I don't like running this hard. I don't, I really am not a workaholic. I don't like to go, go, go. I like downtime. So I told my husband, I don't like this. And he's like, I know. But sometimes you got to do what you don't like to do so you can have what everybody else wants, right? So that's kind of the real world. And you got to be the boss of yourself and say, slow down. You can do this one day at a time. Don't look too far ahead and just keep going. Anyway, that's not what my podcast is about. So it's been a really good fall season, and we have a lot of new listeners, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. Uh, For those of you that don't know what this podcast is about, um, I'm a wife and a mom, and I travel and speak, and I'm an author, but more importantly, this podcast was set up Just to have real good conversations about life, about development, um, living the best life that Christ has called us to live. And oftentimes with a world that has a whole different narrative coming at us, we need to have messages that are Bible-based faith-based, believing messages that help us stay focused and clear on the call and the plan of God in our lives. So if you're like me, I listen to podcasts to help encourage me to stay focused, that I can do what He's called me to do, and so can you. Today, I want to talk about something that I hear a lot of you ask me about, and I don't often talk about this topic, not because I don't want to, but mostly because it's just not at the top of my list. But I thought I would kind of, well, not appease, but at least help some of you that are asking the question, I want to speak, I want to preach, I want to be a communicator, and I don't know quite how to do that. I was thinking about all the ways that we communicate, whether we're a youth group leader, we're a pastor, whether we're married to a pastor, we lead a small group or a mops group, somewhere out there we're leading. And I clearly thought about different ones that were leading. But yesterday, uh, my third son, Grayson, was having a meltdown. I feel like we all have a kid in our lives that, carries the emotional part of our family and Grayson is one of those. He's a feeler. You guys know him as the tuxedo kid and that's who he is, but he has really strong emotions and I can sense it. I see it. He, he cries probably three times as much as our other boys. Um, he's just, he's an all out, you know, intense kid. And yesterday he's been kind of doing this thing where he'll shut down. So when he gets upset or something happens, I see him shut down and I'm trying to woo him to get him to talk. But it's hard. Specifically, it's hard for a little six-year-old that doesn't quite know why he's feeling something so strong. So I said, Grayson, I want to show you something. So I took one of our soda cans in our fridge. And I took him outside to the backyard and I said, Grayson, let's imagine that this soda can is you. And he's laughing. And I began to shake it. I said, could you imagine like your brother comes over to you and says like, don't do that. And I said, and of course you, you," and I shake it up a little bit more. And I say, and then dad says, you know, don't forget to do this and shakes it up a little bit more. And I said, all of a sudden, what happens inside of you is you pop that can open. And I pop it open. And I said, and everything comes out and it explodes. And I said, Grayson, that's what's happening inside of you. And that's why you get really angry when you don't talk about things. And you feel really emotional because you're not really letting it out when it needs to be let out. And he laughed, but he got it. And I was thinking about this reality in our lives that, Because we are created in Christ's image, because we bear um, his DNA. And the way that Jesus communicated on the earth was he used parables. He was a, well, he was an expert storyteller. And I think in all of our lives, whether we will preach on a platform or whether we'll have a conversation with a coworker or whether we're teaching our kids about something in the backyard, we're all called to communicate life through story. Through the narrative of what God has really given us. And so, for those of you that feel a call to communicate, I want to give you five simple steps, five simple keys to communication. And I did put this out on an email. If you're on our email list, you can jump over to to truththetable.com and join our email list, and you'll get all this kind of stuff. It just comes right into your inbox. But the first thing I really want you to think about is number one, you got to make it memorable. It needs to be something that you're passionate about. You know, if it doesn't make sense to me, I can't expect it to make sense to somebody else. If it's not operating in my own life, I can't expect it to operate in their life or at least to take it from me. And so what's really important is that if we don't see a sparkle in their eyes, we shouldn't expect... Excuse me, if we don't see a sparkle in our eyes, we shouldn't expect to see a sparkle in their eyes. So making it something that they can hold onto. I know with Grayson that that soda can would be memorable. I know that in general, I'm always saying, don't spill that and don't shake that up and don't open it over here. So I knew that I was kind of breaking all the rules, but it was giving him something to remember. And the moment dad walked into the house, he began to tell him all about this moment and what it was. And he took him out to the porch. He got another soda and he popped it open and he explained it. So I knew he grabbed a hold of it. Second is you got to keep people laughing. And I don't mean we need to be like a comedian and, you know, (laughs) like a little drum thing at the end, Um, but I simply mean that we can communicate something uh, intensely, but also sometimes humor can allow people to relax and hear something from us that they would not normally hear. Um, Having studied the brain and neurology, and I love all that stuff. I'm kind of a, a geek when it comes to that topic. And one of the books that I was reading about talked about, have you ever been in a room where things get really tense? Someone says something and you can feel it. You're like, "Uh uh-oh, there is tension in the room. Somebody else will say something and it gets really thick with that kind of, oh, here we go. And then all of a sudden you'll have somebody in the room that you're connected to and they'll say something funny and everybody will laugh. And you can feel the tension kind of go out of the room. It's like everybody just takes a deep breath. And that's really something that, at least in my own communication style, I really enjoy, which is if somebody can laugh with you, often you'll get their heart. And then you're able to tell them the hard truth. Or if they're experiencing the hard truth, you can get them to relax a little bit and not take it so seriously that it feels like they can't do it. Uh, the other day, I was preaching at a conference in um, called Design for Life in Springfield, Missouri. And I was... Preaching really strongly. Actually, I don't know if it was at this event, but one of the events. And I could tell the room was kind of embracing it, but also kind of, wow, this is really intense. And I just said to them, I'm sorry that I'm so angry, but I have a lot of laundry at home. And of course, it's met with a bunch of laughter because it's, of course, I have a lot of laundry. I have four children. But it just allowed them to take a breath and receive what I'm saying. I think it's the same with our kids or our spouse. Sometimes we don't want to use humor humor because we're afraid it's going to take away the power of what we're saying. But what we can do is let them know that it's okay to be human and still stick with our truth. And that is really powerful. You want to use that. And if there's any way to kind of keep them laughing, you'll keep their heart differently. Thirdly is we want to be transparent. We want to make sure that we are not presenting perfection when we ourselves are not perfect. We want to be able to let them know that we're in process too. One of the ways I visually um, give the community that I'm talking to about me as a communicator or a pastor or a leader is I'll say, I'm a trail guide. We're all on the same path. I may be a few steps ahead of you. I might be saying, hey, you should come up this way. There's a beautiful summit ahead, but I'm not on top of the mountain yelling at you to get up here. I'm right ahead of you on my own journey, living my life in Christ and looking behind me and saying, you guys can do this too. And that's what we want people to understand about our lives. If they can identify with you, they will trust you. That's really critical. I don't mean, you know, they can feel authenticity when somebody kind of acts as if they're, you know, uh, overwhelmed, but we know they're not. Or they kind of act like, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm a mess. And their face has a bunch of makeup on and their hair's perfect. And you're like, yeah, you're not a mess. You could say something else and I might relate to you. But if you act like, it's not true, and just because you're saying it doesn't make me believe that you're being transparent. I have to kind of have a, an authenticity, experience, an authentic experience with you. So it's really important that we're transparent and how we communicate. So if you're talking to youth, you want to be transparent about the season that you were in when, they, when you were there. Don't just be preachy. Share your life. Share what it's taken for you. Be honest and authentic, and they will embrace that. Think about that with our kids when we're teaching our kids. We've got to be transparent. We can't say, I've always loved God, and that's just how it's always been, and it's super easy. We can look at our kids and say, you know, serving God is difficult sometimes, but I'd rather be with Him than without Him. And we can begin to express emotion behind it. And that kind of leads me to my fourth point, which is use emotion. I know some of you girls are like, yeah. <laughs> Even some of you guys, I live with a feeler. My dad's a feeler, so I've lived around guys that are cry more than the girls. Uh, But it's important that we use emotion. Emotion is not a negative thing. In fact, oftentimes uh, it's the very thing that helps soften someone's heart. I love what my dad has said. He said, if it's boring, it's probably not God. And it's true. If it's if it's something that feels out of date or disconnected or, you know, lacks a depth of emotion, it's probably not God because everything throughout Scripture showed that God had emotions and He was connected to that. And I love that. Um, it's very important that we understand that... Um, that God uses a lot of preachers in an emotional way, not to manipulate the room, but to get them to share the heart of what's happening. In fact, there was a man named George Whitfield who was an evangelist who helped fuel the first great awakening. And someone once said of him, they never saw him preach without weeping. Now again, that was his authentic expression of the Holy Spirit operating in his life and communicating it. So again, if you have emotion, don't shut it down and try to be like, no, I'm not gonna express that. Let God use it in a way that shows the room that you're not afraid to feel the depth and the emotions that Christ has put within you and to communicate the truth of God's word through your emotions. And then lastly, keep it simple. Jesus said that... um, whatever he did on the earth, uh, that anybody could live it out. It was for the everyday man. It was for the the normal people. And so what's really important is to understand that Jesus kept it so simple uh, that nobody on the earth would be behind. Sometimes I think we get so caught up in commentaries and doctrines and You know, all these different things about master's degree and this, and this is my experience here, and I've been a leader for this long. And the truth was the disciples of Jesus did not have it all together. Many of them had other vocations, But they walk with Jesus. They knew him and they experienced his presence. And we have that same promise. We have the Holy Spirit. And that's as if Jesus was on the earth. He's living on the inside of us and he's teaching us all things, all the things the Father wants us to know about. So you don't have to ignore your real life and be high educated in order for you to have authority. Those that have authority are those that have actually lived it out. It's not head knowledge, it's heart knowledge. So it's really, really critical. It doesn't mean we slack off and we somehow think that heart knowledge is, it overlooks any kind of uh, biblical understanding or clarity or doctrine. I don't mean that, but I simply mean that if it's so complex, we leave the crowd behind them, what good is it when we want to reach the world around us? So find ways to keep it simple, keep it authentic, have some emotion involved in it, m- make sure it's a little funny or be, you know, um, keep that humor and also make it memorable. You know, it's important. I know not all of us will preach on a platform, but our lives will always preach. So whether it's on a carpool with your kids, whether it's with your coworker, um, God has something just, he wants you to communicate his truth. The other day, I'll finish with this. The other day I was having brunch with my family and I'd flown in late one night and got up the next morning and wanted to go sit outside with the dog and the kids and just kind of be and there was this young girl that had a similar dog that we did. His name was Mo was names, his name was Moose, which I thought was hysterical. Our dog is bear, her deg- her dog is Moose. And we're having this like moment of conversation. And I can tell that she's this young girl who doesn't know Christ, just with her verbiage, I could tell. And she was kind of lonely on a Saturday morning by herself, eating with her dog. And I just wanted to be really normal. And so I just started having conversation with her, making fun of myself a little bit in a- in a good way way, keeping it really simple, being really honest. And she was like, I'm going to follow you on Instagram. And she goes, what do you do? And I said, I'm an ordained minister. And I think in in general, she probably would have been like, oh, because she had said some things that probably w- you wouldn't say in front of a minister. But I felt her just relax. And because I was able to keep my life and the words I used in an authentic, simple way, I look on it. She's following me on Instagram. And I told my husband, I really want to reach out to her at some point and and communicate, just be a person in her life that can um, love her well. So again, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be uh, complicated, but find a way to communicate the heart of God. And for those of you that are called to preach, you need to steward this gift on your life. Don't expect a platform to bring out the best in you. You've got to cultivate an authentic walk with Christ, a hunger for his word, a hunger for truth, and be able to live from the inside out. And as you do that, when God gives you an opportunity, you won't blow it. In fact, you'll be able to communicate with confidence because you've been living it out all along. So I hope this helps you guys. Stay with me. If those of you that have a heart to communicate, uh, we've got some exciting things coming up and I don't want you to miss out. Uh, We're not ready to... Quite tell you about it, but it's coming. And so, if this is something you're like, Yeah, I want to do this, or I think I want to do this, stick with us as we continue um, to talk about the topic of communication. I love you guys. I hope you're having a great fall. And um, let me ask you this if you like this podcast, you want other people to find this podcast, will you leave a review or leave some stars? I know I hear podcasts all the time, and they're always telling me to do this. I'm like, Okay, okay. But the truth is if you don't know how it works, no one can find us unless you add reviews and stars and then people, by, by seeing that, it adds you to list list that other people will see. So it sounds really complex, but honestly it just helps us out because this is all a gift to our world. We don't make any income on this. This is all just kind of part of how we serve our world around us. So I love you guys, have a great day, and I'll catch you next time.